0: The live music capital of the world is one of many slogans for our fine city. Music is just one of many forms of media that have been taking a hold in the region. This includes film, gaming, and yes, even podcasting. One fascinating collision between our growing media footprint and our technology hub is MediaTek. We continue our Austin Sector Deep Dive series with Paul O'Brien, CEO of MediaTek Ventures. Silicon Valley technology and startup veteran, Paul O'Brien is affectionately known as S.E. O'Brien, for his extensive past in the search industry. Today, as CEO and founder of MediaTek Ventures, O'Brien works in venture capital economic development through thought leadership, consulting, and startup development. More, he is a regional director of the Founder Institute, a mentor in Div Inc., Galvanize, and various other startup accelerators. Paul, welcome to Austin next.
1: Michael, Jason, it's great to talk
0: to you guys. Welcome to town as well as I understand it. And
1: it's a real pleasure to be here. Looking forward to this conversation. I, I, I loved your brief perspective on Media Tech in Austin, so looking forward to sharing some thoughts on that the history of the city and what's next as far as what we're doing in this part of the world.
0: No, we're definitely excited. Let's start off with the big picture. How would you describe MediaTek? What is it?
1: MediaTek refers to the, the, the fact that since man figured out how to communicate through a medium other than their voice... Innovation and technology has always played a role. And and so whether or not we're talking about publishing or film and video and television, whether or not we're talking about audio and music, podcasting and radio, uh, whether or not we're talking about advertising, there's an implicit need to understand how the technology software machines play a role in how we communicate, how we convey information. And how people consume that—that that far too often, I think people conceive of or consider media in the in the very narrow sense of just the content, just the, the material that we consume, right—the show that we watch, or the or the the content that we read on a blog post or or a, a newspaper. And because we're uh, a little bit more oriented to appreciating the the content and understanding the content, people uh, fail to. Grasp the challenges inherent in, and the opportunities associated with better understanding how the technology changes that, how the technology enables us to to do different things, to reach new audiences, to to change markets, to to transform the way we learn, to transform the way we are informed about what's going on in the world. And so we focus on the technology in what we do in media tech ventures, and and we encourage and teach as much as we conceivably can everything with regard to what we consider seven verticals of media that unfortunately most people think of media based on where they live in the country we've noticed that people on the east coast for example in new york conceive of media as advertising or they think of it as news people in los angeles consider media the entertainment business people in silicon valley think of media as social media the fact is it's all of those things and so we think of media in a, in a broader context that if you're referring to media, it could be anything from a video game to content that's published in a book format or a newspaper format to even recognizing that podcasts like this are really just a, an evolution of radio. It's an audio format that is now being evolved again into something like Clubhouse. So there's a voice consideration as well that through technology changes over time.
0: So who should we be thinking of? In terms of the global leaders in this industry, given the, to your point, the variety of verticals, it includes, you know, publishing, it includes advertising, social media. Is there people we should be thinking about as the forefront or is it just the names we've been thinking about, you know, the news organizations, Facebook, Spotify, et cetera?
1: No, there's certainly, it's a great question because there's certainly people that you should be conscious of because in fact... We're constantly talking about these people in society, in culture, and in politics. We're constantly fixated on these people in particular, because it's these people that evolve society, that influence politics, that that change our culture. People like Mark Zuckerberg social media platforms people like Rupert Murdoch who are who are influencing politics and governments to change what's possible on the internet in order to ensure that their news media empire continues to remain dominant or significant or relevant or monetized <laughs> so knowing knowing that these people exist knowing that these people have the knowledge of the implication of this stuff is almost more important than just knowing who they are or following what's going on with regard to news about them or what's going on in the politics. Knowing that uh, Virgin Media is, is the company that gave rise and gave birth to, to now a technology that's bringing us into space <laughs> is critical, right? Who is the person who did that? That person has much more influence than I think we appreciate in just thinking of them as a CEO or a founder or an executive or an investor. The fact is these kinds of people, these kinds of people understand the implication of the media industry at large. They understand what the technology does and it has implications across every sector of our world, economy, governments, countries, and so forth. So it's critical to know who they are in a bigger context just than just by name in the same respect that it's important to know what Disney is and what Disney is actually doing. It's important to know what Spotify is and how Spotify actually works. It's important to know what Twitter is. Is Twitter really a terrible or influential social medium? Or is it actually a, 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 a medium and a mechanism for free speech and communication and information transfer? It's a little bit of both, frankly, right? We really have to understand those things. Otherwise, otherwise the, the public falls victim to what we're told by the people that we think are leaders, by, by what government says we should believe, by, by what the news media says we should be informed about. If we don't understand the implication of how this technology is in, impacting us, if we don't understand what the people behind those technologies are aware of and know of and are working on, We don't really fully appreciate whether or not we're being led correctly or misinformed, whether or not we're victim of fake news or whether or not we're being educated meaningfully and comprehensively. And so I, I believe we believe one of the most important and critical pieces of our system of education now and for the future needs to be much more education about what's going on in media and and the technology underlying it.
0: So basically you're saying is one of the most important things out there. And, you know, we all have to be paying uh, high attention to it. So no pressure on it whatsoever, and so from that kind of taking it you know a little more local, what's the history of mediatek in Austin? How do we kind of fit into this uh, because it's funny you said you know you talked about it meant um, advertising in New York it meant Hollywood in LA it meant social media in Silicon Valley. So what is it you know what does it mean here?
1: Well so we, we built mediatek ventures because of Austin to be frank and and for those of you listening that are familiar with how founders and entrepreneurs start things, the fact is, we started this thing because we identified a problem. And that problem was not that Austin was, in fact, a leading media hub of the world, but that Austin misunderstood what it was doing with regard to media. That, that you pointed it out, Jason, when we started the conversation. Supposedly, Austin is the live music capital of the world. Supposedly. Uh, you know, however, it's incredibly difficult to actually find live music going on outside of South by Southwest or Austin city. Most of the musicians in the city of Austin live below the poverty line. So clearly we're not supporting the music industry very well. And this city tends to make it very difficult for venues to be successful because city regulations and policies tend to tend to make it a little onerous for live music or loud music and so forth. So, so we observed that and thought, that's, that's really interesting. Why are we celebrating in this part of the world that we're the capital of the live music business. And yet arguably that's probably Nashville or maybe it's even Honolulu, Hawaii, if you know how, how vibrant the music scene is there. There are a lot of other places where it's perhaps a little bit more substantial. And when we dug into that, we noticed that there were a tremendous number of video game companies here. And nobody was talking about that. Uh, nobody was even aware of that. EA is here in in a substantial way, for example. And we noticed that uh, our, our news business was very aggressively moving into podcasting like you guys are doing here. And we noticed that most of the early innovators in podcasting are actually based in Austin. Nobody knew that, nobody was talking about that. So we had some conversations with the city, we had some conversation with the chambers and we said, this is pretty interesting. Why are we celebrating something that isn't really accurate? And we're completely neglecting what's in fact true, what's in fact valid. And when you think about what a venture organization does or what an entrepreneur is trying to do, what we do in what's called venture capital economic development, we're trying to help startups, we're trying to help investors make more meaningful decisions, we're making a mistake. We're failing to educate our own community about the real opportunities and the real strengths and weaknesses with regard to Austin. That in fact, no, we're not necessarily the live music capital of the world, however, We are incredibly substantial and meaningful and significant in many other forms of media and many other sectors of media. We need to expose that. We need to promote that. We need to make sure we're talking about that.
0: So, what have you seen in terms of the maturity since you started uh, Media Tech Ventures? How is it growing? How is it, you know, how is the narrative, I'll say, rather than changing, but expanding, right? Because I still expect with, you know, things like South by Southwest and ACL that, you know, live music is still an important point. But how are you helping to kind of bring, these other components in and tell a, you know, more accurate picture of what's on the ground that that we can then boast about, right? Like we want to like, Hey, if we are building video game companies and we are having this kind of infrastructure, that's something that then can attract more talent and more capital and more companies.
1: So it's actually changing in a, in a more exciting way than I think even people realize yet. Also, also based on something that was unfortunate about Austin and Texas in a broader sense, That if you think back 25 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, Austin had a vibrant tech community uh, in the era of Dell and Texas instruments and national instruments and so forth. And as the internet emerged, a place like Silicon Valley pivoted to that and a place like Austin failed to, frankly. That out of Cisco and Hewlett-Packard and so forth on, on the California coast, a lot of technology folks and entrepreneurs moved into effectively software and then started to build all the internet properties that we experienced because of the internet. Why didn't we do that in Austin? Why didn't that, why didn't that happen to the same extent here? Why did people continue to work for these more traditional, more hardware-oriented technology companies and not pivot? The, the reason is critical to our economy at large. Most of the rest of the world outside of Silicon Valley did not go through what we call a digital transformation. Did not go through as a company, as a corporate entity, as a culture, did not go through this transition recognizing that absolutely everything we're going to start doing, everything to a great extent we're doing now, is based on the internet. In some some way, your company works on the internet, even if it's just your accounting practices, right? Something that you're doing as a business must be online. Well, for the last 25 years or so, most of the rest of the world didn't understand the implication of that, didn't really embrace that fact. And so when it, when it pertains to media, where that was obvious outside of Silicon Valley and outside of a couple other markets, as far as Texas is concerned, is in news media, is in news media. And so what we saw in Austin was that our news media here was still focused on print, was still focused on the subscription-based news model for the paper. And therefore, news in this part of the world was not reaching people, was not informing people the way that it used to. And it was not being monetized, which meant that those new organizations were struggling and laying people off and so forth. And that was unfortunate. As we're realizing this digital transformation in Austin, we're seeing what's exciting. We're seeing the fact that whether you like the company or not, organizations like Facebook are moving here in spades. Why? Because they're recognizing, the world is recognizing that Austin is waking up to that digital transformation. Austin is waking up and recognizing that, in fact, everything is online. And what that means is our voice, is becoming more substantial. Our voice is becoming more recognized. It's becoming more listened to because we are all collectively embracing blogs and social media and and Clubhouse kind of platforms and Twitter. And that's enabling our community to come together. It's enabling people to learn more quickly. It's enabling people to connect more quickly. And more importantly, in my point about the news business, it's enabling Austin's news Austin's startups, Austin's entrepreneurs, Austin's local business, it's enabling them to once again reach their customers, to reach potential partners, which for the last 20 years really hasn't been happening until a lot more people moved here and the culture started to evolve and change to recognize that, oh, we better be doing this online. Otherwise, nobody's paying attention.
2: Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper into some of those that are now playing in this digital transformation of media here in Austin. Who are the, the startups we should be looking at? And who are the established companies that we should depend on?
1: What's, what's neat is that when I moved here, many of the, the established companies to pay attention to were an indicator, a leading indicator of the fact that Austin was going to wake up. And that's why I was excited to get going, doing what we're doing here, that it, it was obvious eight, nine, 10 years ago Austin and entrepreneurs here were discovering and realizing something different about the internet that California didn't. And that's what we refer to as social data. And, and in a broader sense, we we talk about it as big data, machine learning, and that kind of stuff. But about eight or nine years ago, there were companies like Sprinklr. There were companies like Dachis Group that were creating data infrastructure, data platforms for the social media industry, recognizing that while California has its Facebook and its Twitter and its LinkedIn, while they have all the media platforms, the real opportunity was to start to analyze that stuff and provide information about it to businesses and partners and companies. Austin recognized that. It was in Austin where I think we recognized that we couldn't build the next LinkedIn. We didn't need another LinkedIn. So if we're not going to build the next social media platform, what should we do? What problem do we address? Well, let's address the fact that nobody knows what's going on that we can't track it meaningfully. We can't see, see what's underlying or what's what's being experienced on those platforms. That led to all of the big media companies taking interest in what's going on here. Why? Because it looked like Austin understood the data underlying the media business. The government started paying attention. The federal government started talking to us a lot more. The state government started talking to us a lot more. Why? Because of questions of privacy Fake news, security, all of those issues that you see bubbling up in in social media these days, started talking to the community and the people of Austin. Why? Because it looked like, and it was true, it looked like we understood what was underlying the data and the implications of the data in social media. Because of all that, now we're in an era where not only do we have the big media companies paying attention to here, Hulu is is involved here. Uh, Facebook, of course, as I mentioned, is involved here. But the companies that are born locally that are worth paying attention to are are pushing us more aggressively into that streaming media and that immersive media kind of era that we know is coming. Uh, Flow Sports, for example, uh, is looking very, very aggressively and successfully at the fact that we should be able to watch high school and college sports whenever, wherever we want. Why isn't that just being streamed? And so Flow Sports is a pretty substantial media company that understood the technology, understood the implication of data. And it brought it to sports, a very prominent Texas industry, brought it to the sports industry, enabling us to help celebrate and and highlight the fact for the rest of the world that what's exciting about Texas is that media is pervasive. Media is what informs and educates and provides access to all of these things. Look, we can do it for the sports industry. Look, we can do it for the healthcare industry. Look, we could do it in the energy industry perhaps, right? And bring media to other sectors where, California, New York, and other markets in the world really haven't done yet. Austin is a place where we're, we're recognizing the fact that the traditional major media hubs aren't willing to disrupt themselves or don't don't wanna disrupt themselves. And we're recognizing the fact that a place like Silicon Valley doesn't want to solve the problem of the film industry. It's not a film industry, it's a technology industry. <laughs> and so, so Austin is looking at that
0: opportunity at doing something about it in a very exciting way so i had a quick question i want to pull that st- thread that you kind of said about you know we're pushing more into streaming and immersive and something that uh i've seen in the news a bit more and uh you may have to what, to define for our audience but this concept of the metaverse and how that's kind of becoming a a new the next thing for um kind of the, the, these kind of media platforms and just do you see austin playing in that I'm I'm optimistic that Facebook's announcements
1: just this week of the metaverse uh, will actually have a pretty substantial presence here. Um, I can't say that as of this date that we're recording this interview, but um, I'm pretty optimistic about it. And I'm optimistic about it because there are there are many other things in this part of the world that are that are looking at that that sector and those those implications. There there are a lot of other companies that are considering it. Um, but but to answer the other part of the question what is it that my, it's it's actually my favorite technology to to explain to people because uh, i think i think the world gets too hyped up about things like blockchain and machine learning and ai and you know what are these crazy concepts uh, the metaverse is much more fun to to appreciate if you ever watched star trek the next generation they had the holodeck where they would go experience an entirely different world and that's 100 years off in the future perhaps And I say, perhaps, because we're getting there very, very quickly. That's the metaverse, a a completely fabricated, produced environment or experience in which you can participate. And we've had the metaverse already. We've had it to a great extent in video games. Uh, If you play Fortnite or Roblox or or Minecraft, that is a metaverse, right? You're building a different world. You're experiencing a different world. You're You're social networking there. You're making friends there. You're having conversations there in in the case of Fortnite you're you're listening to a concert there or watching a movie there right that's the metaverse what what facebook with their acquisition of oculus vr headsets with their acquisition of, of oculus their their alexa and echo and portal technology to control the home facebook is showing signs that they're very aggressively moving towards that more star trek like experience where you'll just be able to stand in a room or or stand in your living room and be a part of a different world
2: Let's go back to one of those things that you mentioned before when we talked about what is now the, the I don't want to say traditional, but at least the best known Austin um, ads into the the live music scene, ACL and South By. Clearly, South By Southwest is much more than a music se- festival today. The tech sector adopted it, I don't know, 12, 10, 12 years ago. Given that recent investment, how do you see South by Southwest evolving? I, I I expect and I hope in wonderfully great ways. And and for the sake of everyone
1: listening, that, that recent acquisition is is was by a company by the name of Penske Media Company, which Penske Media Group, forgive me, which I'm sure almost no one has ever heard of. In the media business, there there tend to always be holding companies and, and entities above entities. G- Google, for example, is owned by Alphabet, right? How many of us ever talk about Alphabet? Um Penske Media Group owns the uh, Hollywood Reporter uh, and and uh, Billboard magazine. Uh, so, so the acquisition of South by Southwest was made by a media company that owns a lot of traditional media in the entertainment business. And that's that's important because uh, conferences, just like, uh, well, conferences. Make the point first. Conferences are recognizing and embracing that they they have to be what we refer to as omni media. They have to be present in in every conceivable way. That for a conference to be meaningful, you know, if I if I can't actually go to South by Southwest, if I can't actually sit in that conference hall, if I can't actually go to that that breakout session, is there not some other way that I can connect? Is there not some other way that I can learn about what's what's being talked about? Is there not some other way that that I can discover the the announcements that are made there? And, and to your to, for your listeners, I mean, it, it may sound obvious that the answer is yes, that's true because they can build a website to they can, you know, stream. We've experienced they can stream those events. Well, what if I can't? What if I can't sit there for the stream, the live stream? What if what if I'm not online? Uh, should should those talks, should that information, should those thought leaders not be more uh, accessible, more promoted, more more exposed by way of industry magazines? by way of industry publications, by way of the award shows that take place in those other markets. And so Penske getting involved with South by Southwest, hopefully should mean, answer that part of the question, Michael, should mean that what we're going to see out of South by Southwest is a much more global, much more omni-media kind of experience where social media becomes, uh, uh, sorry, South by Southwest becomes more of a pervasive media innovation identity that we're going to read about, we're going to learn about, constantly throughout the year as you know maybe there's a maybe there's a south by southwest uh section in in Hollywood reporter in the in the magazine right and that's critical that's valuable for us in Austin it's valuable for the south by southwest conference because what does that mean it means the entire los angeles hollywood film industry is going to have more exposure to all the stuff that's going on by way of what we do here in austin by way we do, do we do by way of that conference and what the south by southwest identity means for the economy thanks to what was built here in austin
2: you begin to talk about South by Southwest as more of an omnipresent, omni-channel kind of entity, if you will, and you describe it as more pervasive. How long do you think that's going to take until we really see those results? Whether whether or not South by Southwest
1: actually achieves and and, and becomes that for us, I don't think is the the important question because now you're getting into business and, and corporate decisions that they need to make about how aggressive they want to be about it, whether or not they want to be more open source, like with the content, are they going to continue to make everybody register and pay just to watch a keynote kind of thing? I can't answer that. Those are, you know, those are business decisions. I, I, I would encourage everybody to think about it from a different perspective that the world is moving that direction, whether or not we want it to, that the world is moving to a direction in which uh, all content is pervasive on every medium. Uh, that hence the word omni um, media, hence that idea of digital transformation that, uh, we, we had a talk on, on media tech ventures, One a media tech venture show, we had a talk with the CEO of, of CES, the consumer electronic show, uh, not too long ago. And, and, you know, they they too are recognizing that people want to read in print and people want to be able to watch this content, watch these talks, watch these releases, uh, whenever they can, wherever they can. Uh, and so, so. Really, if you think about it backwards, or you look at it backwards, the question is: Does South by Southwest have a mobile app that always has content in it? Does South by Southwest have really, really active uh, social media presence? Are they constantly on Facebook, or are they just promoting the conference on Facebook? Uh, is South by Southwest doing talks on Clubhouse every, every day? Right? Why not? Why not? Why not have a South by Southwest talk on on South by on, on Clubhouse absolutely every day? bring a thought later on and have a conversation about what's going on in in the music business or or the, or the film business. They could, right? They absolutely could. Uh, If, if they don't, others will, others are that as, as as it, as, as your listeners should appreciate as Austin should appreciate the better question is not when and if South by Southwest will the better question to to appreciate and recognize is that it will happen. Do you want to participate in or not? Are you going to be a part of that or not? Are you going to be looking for that or not? Because your listeners, right, are in other industries. Your listeners are other startup founders. They've got businesses of their own. The world is moving that direction. The world is moving that that direction. Are you ready to participate in it, or are you going to continue to sit on the sidelines?
0: So as we kind of look forward uh, for the sector, what are the challenges that MediaTek is facing here in Austin?
1: That's... uh, that that might be the most important question at, at, you know certainly at least in my mind because that's the work we're doing in, in media tech ventures the most important challenge is we started a conversation on, on this show with that point about education the point about the the point about the fact that most people truly most people still don't understand how how the internet works and until until we accelerate our uh, knowledge about media technology. Until we inform more people and create more transparency to how it works and what's going on, the fact remains: companies will be behind what most entrepreneurs and media professionals are doing. And and more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, so too will investors. That a lot of what media tech ventures does is actually in the education business for the investment community, not because. Uh, investors don't know what they're doing but frankly because investors often don't know what they're doing <laughs> that that you know if if the average small business person or the average corporate executive doesn't really understand how facebook works well then certainly the investor doesn't either and so if if founders and startups are are trying to build companies and and innovations and technologies in this world it's an incredibly difficult conversation to have with the investment class when you have to explain how it works just to get them to appreciate that there's an opportunity there, right? So the biggest challenge in this part of the world is, is that fact that most of Austin's investment community is drawn from enterprise software, the energy business, or the real estate business. And God bless them for that. But I grew up on Yahoo and, and you know, used TikTok religiously. Do, you, do y'all know how those things work? I don't care if you use them. Do you know how they work? If the answer is no, that's the challenge to overcome. Because in order for anybody to get involved in ad tech or to support video games or monetizing music and understanding how musicians make money on the internet, we've got to teach people how this stuff works. So there's this this learning curve that we've got to overcome. What's nice and exciting about Austin, of course, as we've been talking, is that it's here more than anywhere that we're probably going to accelerate that knowledge base and inform everybody much more quickly. Because like it or not, listeners, When we think about Austin next as a concept, the fact that so many people are moving here is actually a wonderful, wonderful thing because most of the people moving here are moving from Los Angeles and Northern California and New York, just given the circumstances of those other cities. What are the other major hubs of those cities? Media. So we're getting a lot of people moving into Austin and Texas coming out of the film business and the music business and the social media business and the news business, which means we have this convergence here of experiences that historically or traditionally were a little siloed, but now they're coming together in that omnimedia kind of way. And so we're seeing filmmakers here, for example, we're seeing filmmakers here recognize that, huh, maybe I need to be doing more online. What is this streaming thing? How do I work with Netflix instead of just producing a film, (laughs) right? We're seeing them recognize that all of these other sectors of media are critical. And as our entrepreneurs and business owners and producers and creators catch on, That's going to inform those investors, it's going to inform other industries, it's going to inform other companies much more quickly than we're going to see anywhere else in the world.
0: And I think that convergence is an interesting kind of point that I want to expand. You know, we're talking about we're doing these deep dives and looking at these individual sectors, but one of the key strengths of Austin is that wide sector diversity and the interactions between them. So how do you see the media tech sector interacting with the other parts of the innovation ecosystem?
1: few years ago maybe a decade ago the idea was reasonably fully embraced that every company is a media company that's where this convergence i think is best appreciated uh, because i would love everybody uh joining us today to to think about your sector whether or not you're in fintech or or healthcare or cpg coca-cola is a wonderful cpg and beverage company yes the only reason any of us favor and buy coca-cola is because they make wonderful commercials that tug at our heartstrings. They're, in fact, a media company that sells bottled sugar water. Red, Red Bull, another great example from that sector, literally built a media company. It's called Red Bull Media. Literally built a media company. And, and what's evolved since that notion a decade or two ago, every company's media company, is a newer, more intriguing notion that there are really two industries that are critical to the economy. Number one is the media industry because it informs, it educates, it, it creates awareness. Number two is the finance industry, right? Because every company also has books and accounting and payments to, 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 to make, right? So if that's true, if that's true, which of those two things is more important? What's emerged in the last couple of years is this notion that in fact media tech is more important than fintech, because if we don't create awareness for anything, then then your company, your business doesn't even exist. So there's no reason to worry about the financial side. Creating a new concept, an an even newer concept that's intriguing. Is media more important than capital? Is media in fact, the new capital? That as you as a business person, a founder are desperately trying to figure out how to finance your company or raise capital. Should you not instead be focused on desperately trying to figure out how to get exposure and audience and create awareness for what your thing is? Because nobody's gonna give you money to help develop your thing. Nobody wants it, and nobody knows about it. So is media more important than capital? It's an intriguing idea. And it's an intriguing idea that this year has almost been proven uh, with what's going on in cryptocurrency and how someone like Elon Musk can jump on Twitter and completely change completely change the valuation of a, of a new form of currency, right? a new form of, of, of the financial market, completely change it just by announcing a few things on social media. Which of those two things is more important to the economy? The, the means of changing things by announcing things, by, by educating things, by informing things, or the resource, the capital resource that we use to make it possible. I'm excited by that trajectory because what, what, what it signals, I think, more, more, more importantly is what we've been talking about. What it signals more importantly, though, is simply the fact that, indeed, the world is catching on to the fact that we've gone through a digital transformation. The world is catching on to the fact that you do need to know how to use this stuff in some way, that you do need to understand how it changes. You do need to be conscientious of why is the government talking about fake news and privacy and security so much? Why, right? Well, because it influences us. It creates awareness of things. It creates demand and support for things. Therefore, is it not critically important that we understand how that works, that we use it, that we benefit from it, that we take advantage of it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Not just because of politics and culture and society, but because it's how your business works. And if you don't do it, if you don't participate in it, you're going to fail.
0: Paul, this has been great and really informative. And so we always like to kind of finish our podcast with our central research question as we're kind of looking forward. So what's next, Austin?
1: What's next, Austin? Uh, There's so many ways, different ways. I love to slice that that question and, and you know, having having listened to to a series of your shows from a perspective of economic development or or the different industries, what's next for Austin? I, you know, frankly, I, I think I think a bigger part of what needs to be next for Austin is more more so in the in the civic context, the 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 infrastructure context, because we're sprawling, we're expanding, and we're bringing in new companies and talent and experience faster than any place in the world. The 35 corridor to San Antonio is the fastest metropolitan region in the, in the country, I believe in the world, but certainly in the country. Uh, If, if we're not prepared to absorb and and welcome and connect with and collaborate with all of that change and all of that growth, uh, we're going to create more challenges, right? We're going to create more rifts and divides and uh, we're going to distance people from opportunities. So, so I think next has to be that focus. Now, that's that. That's the broader, more interesting answer that I think re- kind of relates to your show. I, I, if, what's next, as far as I'm concerned, is is what we talked about with regard to metaverse and omniverse and so forth on the media. That there are heads up, everybody. There are a lot more media companies moving here, uh, big ones, <laughs> and and that you know we can we can look at that as something we dislike. We can look at that and say ah. I don't want Austin to change. I don't want us to grow, or we can appreciate that that is the future of our economy. That that those jobs, those sectors, those companies are the future of the economy. They're considering Central Texas to be the most important place to be. They're going to put jobs here. They're going to put training here. They're going to put uh, they're going to put resources here. They're gonna they're going to have capital investments here. They're going to to hire consultants and agencies and. That, that it's that transformation to being more that on the immediate kind of sector of, of the economy and of the world here in Austin, that is perhaps the most important and wonderful thing to think about as far as what's next for Austin. And what's neat about that is that South by Southwest is a bit of a bellwether for that, because you're right, they did start as a music and film experience. And that's a reflection of the fact that we used to call ourselves, we still call ourselves the live music capital of the world. What did South by Southwest recognize 12, 15 years ago? No, it's not just that. It's interactive. It's technology that's coming. We're following that by about six years. And now Austin is realizing that, yep, it's an interactive, it's a technology conversation that's most important in this part of the world related to the fact that we're a big music hub, we're a big film hub, we're a big video games hub. Let's embrace that because it's what's going to define everything everybody does in the future.
0: Thanks a lot, Paul. This has been great. And uh, thanks for joining us.
1: My pleasure, guys. Looking forward to your next show as well. Cheers, everyone.
0: So what's next, Austin? We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher. Leave us a review and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.